Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Drew with a special episode of my other podcast that I co-host regularly. And uh, it's Weekly Comic Spotlight over at John Mayo's comic book page. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to it. It's a standard review show of uh, a Marvel, a DC, and an independent comic. Uh, each week. So uh, check this out. And if you like it, go over there and subscribe or check out uh, those those episodes. They're a lot of fun. So thanks again for listening. Um, here you go. This is Weekly Comics Spotlight number 535 for comics originally released on November 8th, 2017. Now starting us off in DC is Detective Comics number 968. Now, this is the final part of A Lonely Place of Living, and the title is a callback to A Lonely Place of Dying, um, which was a Hallmark story for the Batman stuff. And this is touching on uh, what happened to Tim Drake about a year ago now, I guess, was when they had kind of uh, uh, taken him off stage and whatnot, and the storylines brought him back. Has it been a year? Wow. I'm thinking so. I could be wrong on that. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not a full year, but at least better part of a year. Um, I don't recall off the top of my head exactly how long it's been, but um, I thought it was uh, a pretty big move for them to, to take Red Robin um, and uh, appear to kill him off. Um, play fair enough that we knew that uh, he would be back at some point. I don't know if they did that immediately or shortly thereafter. Um, I really enjoyed the story a lot, but it pushed a lot of kind of the, the buttons that work for me of, you know, I liked the Tim Drake character. We had all the Robins here. It was a pretty good Batman story. Uh, the, the characters from uh, detective here were well used if, you know, they were not at the forefront. Cause I mean, we've got like another half dozen characters involved here, uh, making for a little bit of a crowded issue, but it was, it was fun. Um, the initial solicit uh, for the first part had me expecting, and mistakenly so, I guess, other escapees from Oz's prison that might, I don't know, form a new team that this Red Robin would lead, potentially under even a different uh, alias or something. Not the direction they went, which is fine. A little bit of a shame, but, you know, okay, fine. Uh, Tim did bring back a, a threat that was, uh, I felt, a, a serious uh, threat to the Batman family. Um, that gets resolved uh, in this issue. And this is one of the storylines going on, the other one being um, the Oz effect over in Action Comics. That's kind of moving forward the uh, the bigger picture of the meta arc, if you will, for Rebirth uh, in the DC Universe. And I really think it's it's been kind of quietly done in so much as I think the Oz effect is getting a lot more... Uh, buzz and and of a spotlight than this is you know the lenticular covers and whatnot but i felt this had a bit of an epic feeling to it it felt like a major kind of a point in the the happenings of, of gotham and the batman family um and like i said it worked really well for me you read the whole thing you've been reading detective the whole time where are you at on this yeah yeah i've been i've been reading detective the whole time i, I haven't been loving it so uh when this this story arc really i thought was a lot stronger uh, than some of the previous work. And, you know, uh, the lonely place of, of dying was one of the early comics that I remember being excited about. 
uh, a long time ago and struggling to find the issues off the rack because they were in such hot demand. And I think I had to get second or third prints or wait for a trade or something back then. So it, it, it was, um, it was, it was a really big deal. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a cool book in for me to kind of see how this goes. I, I think the earlier issues in this arc were a little stronger than this, this closure. And, uh, but this was good and, um, it, it didn't, it didn't end, um, as well as I was, would have hoped. I, w- I would hope to just be, ex- you know, just a, a roller coaster ride right to the end. And, 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 and I, I felt this was a little meandering, I guess. Uh, I, I didn't like this last issue quite as much, but it was still, um, good and it's, it's great art. It's, um, it's a fun story. It's one of the stronger detective storylines that I've read in my opinion, uh, since this rebirth launch and, um, and pretty good stuff. So it's, 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 if you're going to give someone an example of a detective, this would be a good arc, I think to give them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also if you know, you're a fan of Tim Drake, obviously you've been reading this. Um, it, I think showcased the character really well in a number of ways. The art, I agree, was was very solid and great. There are a few places where I really would have appreciated having somebody of the kind of uber-detail art style, because there were a couple of places. It was clear what was going on, but it's like, oh, I guess that one in the background's uh, Red Hood or, or whatever, just because they'll do some long shots or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, that is that is challenging sometimes. It is. And again, um, this artist, uh, uh, Alvaro Martinez, did a, a fantastic job. But this is the kind of story that if they had had like a Phil Jimenez or uh, I'd love for it to have been a George Perez thing, but I I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, But somebody that's just so almost obsessive about detail, this could have just really been amazing on the art versus just exceptionally well done. But that's that's splitting hairs there, I think, a little. Uh, Now, help me from a continuity standpoint is are they referencing some of the things they, they don't acknowledge any of the things that are going on in metal? None of the same landmarks, correct? During this story arc? I'm not sure when this takes place versus metal. Um, one would think because of Tim not being referenced in there that this happens after, but it's unclear. Okay. Um, this is one of those cases where, uh, I believe they referenced hypertime and, uh, would make sense because this arguably is an example of hypertime. That was the, um, writing device, we'll say. To kind of explain away things like, you've got metal going on with no Tim Drake, so when does that happen? You've got this happening with no reference to metal, so are they both happening at the same time? Are they not? How how does that dovetail? And the ex- explanation is a wave of the hand in hypertime. <laughs> okay. Because comics. Because That's comics. Uh, it would have been nice if, if the, uh, the continuity w- between the titles and what's going on was a little bit tighter, but... It's not like this isn't a meta arc involved story. Oh wait, it is just like metal is. So I don't know. It's it's a, it's a little frustrating. But like I said, it was a fun read. It was a good story. I'm willing to to play a little fast and loose on that kind of stuff. Um, what got me was to your point of the resolutions being a little not to put words in your mouth, but I'm gonna go with a little lackluster. There are a few things there that kind of kind of took me aback a little bit. Yeah, I go um, with that. Particularly when we had this great uh, sort of splash page of Batman and the various Robins uh, coming in in fighter jets or whatever. And then apparently hovering 
I'm like, wait, how, how does that panel play out? How does, how does that work again? I, I don't think physics works quite that way. And then the, the resolution there on the last two, three pages, I liked and was a little frustrated by because it's like, oh, and now it's over. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a story that really raised a number of questions in my mind. Um, there are references to pre-Flashpoint continuity uh, in one or two of the earlier parts of this. And it begs the question as to, does that timeline still exist intact somewhere? Does it not? What's going on? Um, I really think that the the metal aside, the multiverse, well, even with metal, uh, the multiverse is something they haven't really leveraged all of that well uh, recently. Um, and even with the metal stuff, they're doing the dark multiverse versus the other 52 in the regular multiverse. Yes. So there's a lot more storylines they could pick up. This really reminded me of... Um, Older Tim Drake storylines, particularly the uh, the pre-Flashpoint stuff, where I thought the character was just exceptionally well used, uh, be it between the Titans titles um, and just his own series that went on for quite some time. Uh, this is a character that could definitely lead his own book, whether he gets the chance to or not. I don't know. It's a little unclear from here where they're going to take the character. But I enjoyed the read. It was fun. Well, there have been some, some lines in here, you know, in, in this issue in particular... There was one about I don't know how you could you'll ever be able to forgive Damien for what he does to little John. The poor Kent boy. The poor Kent boy. Doesn't say John. Yeah. Which is interesting. Could there, okay. Um but I wonder how much weight that line and, and some other lines really have. You know, it's Tinian's line. It's in in theory it's clearing editorial. Um so the bat editorial department signs off on it i don't know if that has any relevance over into the super family of books or is this is this just a throwaway line to be provocative or is this actually going to drive something time will tell we'll find out if that or a few of the other things really come to pass because there's a few yeah wait until there's this a happens. few yeah 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 about what why 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 he was even there and and what drove you know, but you know, Batman's death and his, his being repeat re, replaced by by him, and and but, and how that how that came to be, all all that stuff is is really interesting. I just wonder if it's ever going to be touched on again. Uh, I wonder if it has been touched on before, because we've seen Batman of the Future in various stories before. Yeah. Yep, yep, and not all of them from the the New Fifty Two Rebirth continuity, and there are. St- Strong clues, if not flat-out facts, that indicate this character that is making some of these proclamations of, wait until this happens, because this was one of the other people who was imprisoned, I guess, with Oz, which in and of itself makes my brain hurt a little bit, um, because we only, I think, have four prisoners of Oz's. Uh, Tim, the the foe he brings back here, Mixoplick, and um, and I think it was a doomsday. Um, but the, the foe that comes back here and i don't want to spoil who it is because i i think it's a it's a fun reveal and you should read the story um but i think he's from a different timeline so the things that this character is saying will happen may not come to pass in this reality it's um it's 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 a little mind-boggling and it goes back to even though dc has i think a more stable timeline than a lot of people give it credit for they did an in-story reboot uh with Crisis on Infinite Earths, a major retooling retcon with Zero Hour, um, 
we'll ignore the Legion of Superheroes stuff because that's thousand years hence. Uh, and then a full on hard reboot with, uh, with the new 52, with new origins, new backstories and everything. Um, to the point of it seems like a different parallel world. Um, they've, they've confused, they've muddled up their continuity enough that it does make me kind of shake my head. It's like, well, which version of, of this series of events or, or whatnot may have happened, may not have happened. It's, it just gets kind of confusing at times, to be honest. It, it gets challenging. Um, some from sometimes for me, it just doesn't make it doesn't make enough sense, and um, it, it's easier for me to 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 kind of not worry about it. And because uh, I, I, I can't, sometimes I just can't put it together as far as how it all fits together and if it's all in this world or another world. So it, sometimes it can be a challenge, and I don't think I'm alone. No. Um, again, your point of where does this take place versus metal is a, a fair point. And on the one hand, does that impact the enjoyability of this story or, or Dark Knight's metal? Eh, not, not really. But on the other hand, if you're telling me they're both happening and I can't even do a basic order of events, did A happen before B or B happen before A? Um, and one of the two should have impacted the other with a character either being there or not being there or whatever, that, that chips away at the stability of the universe. And I think it's one that because there have been so many incarnations of some of these characters and so many almost competing uh, backstories, continuities, timelines, whatever you want to call it, uh, there the, the continuity and believability of these stories is inherently a bit more brittle than say, the Star Wars franchise or some such over in, in the movies. You know, you've, you've got what you've got, and that's what you've got, you know? Even with Star Trek, there's the the movie reboot and the, the original timeline, but even that's pretty simple and straightforward, because there's just the two. You know, you've got the pre-crisis uh, version of some of these characters, then the, the crisis to flashpoint version, now the, the new 52 rebirth version, and not to mention some of the other versions they've scattered across and stuff. It does get a little confusing, and it's it's something that can't be cleaned up at this point, I fear. Um, the, the unraveling has been around for literally decades, and most attempts to fix it just see, sort of make it worse. This, at least, was able to leverage some of the larger backstory um, and not, I think, do any particular damage to this continuity that we're dealing with. Um and again, it involved uh, all the Robins, Batman, the the crew at the Belfry with the detective and stuff. So it was it was fun. Um, is it one that can make your brain hurt if you think about it too hard? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now I I I kind of enjoy all the Robins uh, to varying degrees. I have my favorites, um, and, and part of me thinks that there's there's uh, too many. There's too many Robins. And uh, maybe I think we need a, one too few. We need a Robin Purge of some sort. I don't think we need a Robin Purge, but I think they need to have clearer identities on their own. Um, and they need to to step further out from under Batman's shadow. Um, having all of almost all of them is is problematic. I will admit, I uh, I still think that. Um, uh, spoiler, uh, who was Robin for a while, not being Robin, chips away at, at some of the fairly interesting backstory between Tim and, and Bruce, um, because Tim felt fairly betrayed by some of that. And some of the things that happened around uh, 
you know, spoilers time uh, as Robin and thereafter and whatnot really created some some interesting uh, dynamics between various characters in the extended Batman family. But they chose to do away with all of that, so oh well. <laughs> was that all? Which part was that? When did that get removed? Uh, that was uh, all stuff that got chucked with the uh, the new Fifty Two reboot. This is stuff that. Um, Spoiler was Robin for a little bit, became Batgirl for a bit, um, and was in, along with the Cassandra Cain Batgirl, the Batman Incorporated stuff that kind of sort of bridged the gap or, or was conti- its storyline continued through uh, the New 52 reboot, even though it really couldn't have given some of the characters never were who they were at the time. Well, but... <laughs> oh, oh, golly. Uh, see, in the New 52, though, um, Red... Tim Drake was was Red Robin, but was never was apparently Robin. never Robin. But now he is again. He has that history again. So, Does which he? part of New Fifty, which part of the New Fifty Two's rewriting of the continuity is kept and which isn't? Therein lies the rub. Nobody knows. Okay, so you know when it becomes reintroduced, and you're like, oh, okay, I thought that went away, but it didn't. Okay, comics, and you move on. Sure, we'll go with the move on part. Is, yeah. Is, that's is that the, the part I, mean, I have problems with. That's really the best you can do at some with some of these because they you think you know and then it, it gets tweaked a bit, a bit. And I guess that's that's the problem with almost everything from a retcon is, is a, where you just insert a little retroactive continuity that can have unintended consequences to a full on reboot or or retooling of a character. Yeah. Um, when you reboot the timeline and not all of it gets rebooted, and for New Fifty Two. Almost all of it did. Batman and Green Lantern were the two that kind of escaped that, and those are where things start to get a little weird, um, because some of their backstory can't have happened the way it did with the rest of the New 52 continuity being how it is. Yeah. So. But Detective, <laughs> this issue in particular, for me was a B. I, I think I think the the whole story arc was a B plus, a little better. Um, I recommend you read it. Pretty good stuff. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought they did some cool stuff uh, with this foe, uh, with Tim getting him back in, and how some of the group dynamics have changed and all of that. I'm going with an A- minus on this. I thought it was really good. If you haven't read this yet, you may want to pick it up when it comes in trade. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, and like you said, it's it's an interesting kind of a bookend or follow-on of sorts or whatever sequel-ish mm-hmm. to uh, a, a Lonely Place of Dying from uh, so long ago. So with that, shall we move on to our Marvel book? Yes. This is Moon Knight number one eighty eight. Kind of. Well, yeah, I was I was <laughs> I was gonna say there are a couple of different titles I would have given this. Uh, Moon Knightless <laughs> is one of them. Um Sunday, Sunday is another one I would give this. Um the the doctor at this uh, at Ravencroft Asylum, which we've seen you know elsewhere, I'm pretty sure it's been used in the Spider-Man books over the years. Um, doctor Emmett, I, was she given a first name? I don't think so. And I think we've seen her in the previous volume or the previous previous volume, so she may have a a, a full you know given name or whatever. But it's hard to remember what that is. Probably don't uh, have to worry about it anymore. Um, I'm thinking we 
might, we might. But I, whatever her full name is, this Doctor Whoever Emmett, uh, is apparently the Marvel translation of Harley Quinn. Because this Doctor, I don't know if she was setting out to create an opposite number enemy for Moon Knight or not, but man, she seems to have the recipe down. Let's take this nutcase who's got a similarish enough background. Let's let's feed him a little Egyptian mythology. Let's let's get him going on on the full backstory on Moon Knight, so he gets the the idea of what to go ape and and all of this. It's it's almost like a Hugo Strange kind of a plot to create a Batman villain. Yes, she's um she's obviously a, a little off herself trying to trying these methods to quote unquote cure him with. But what she really wants to do is just make another Mark Spector. She's horrible. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense because clearly she misses Mark Spector, whom she had treated before. And I can understand that because he's nowhere to be found in this issue. And I'm not going to count the, the dream sequence she has, which I think was inserted solely so they could claim at least the image of Moon Knight appeared. Um, but I mean, for a, a first issue, of a new volume, yes, it's 188, but whatever, for uh, Moon Knight to basically be on a splash page and in two panels, three maybe, of a dream sequence. It's like, come on. And I'll admit, I'm not the biggest fan of the whole Moon Knight the Mental Patient kind of approach on it, but I will admit, it has tons of story potential, some of which they've mined before, some of which they're doing an excellent job of mining here with this whole, hey, let's go create a villain for him. Um, and this yeah, whole- because he really never had, a, I mean, Bushmaster was the closest thing to his rogue gallery, you know, number one villain and his Joker. And he was really never that big of a, a villain for him. So it, it, it's nice for him to have someone who looks to be his equal or superior. Well, I think part of it is because Moon Knight has had such a hard time maintaining a series. It's really hard to, to have that, that. Uh, Rolodex of his rogues gallery at hand, but he has had one or two that started out. One that started out as a sidekick almost to protege, and was pretty much an opposite number sort of a villain. It was a dark costume, but it had the cape, the cowl, looked a lot like him. That sort of a deal. He has had that Joker reverse Flash, you know, sort of uh, Sinestro opposite number kind of a deal before. This one, I think, gonna gonna be a much more viable sort of a villain. Um. But this almost, I think, would have worked much, much better in the previous volume versus taking a couple of months off and starting a new volume, because it, it really does seem to follow on with him having been in the asylum, uh, Moon Knight, that is, uh, and and all of that. I don't think this is a great way to launch a new Moon Knight volume, because, I don't know, maybe I'm old-fashioned or something, but I think the title character ought to be the star of the first issue of his new volume. I, I don't think that's asking too much. Well, I mean, I think we're falling a little bit prey to the writing for the trade, and that's unfortunate. But <clears throat> I really like this creative team and this pairing. Um, Max Bemis and Jason Burroughs have both uh, appeared together on, on Crossed over at Avatar. And uh, Max did, I think, that last X-Men on Earth short miniseries recently. Um, and Jason Burroughs is tearing it up over uh on that alan moore providence series also at avatar his his art uh is amazing i love it i I love his art style um max bemis is more of an unknown property he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of unknown quantity he doesn't have a lot of a lot of stuff out um that's probably risen to that a lot of folks have read so um i don't know if 
if people will will come flocking for him. He's he's the lead singer of uh, of Say Anything, a, a, a pop punk band. So he's got that uh, that same kind of transition like uh, Gerard Way does over oh, at um, okay. the Young Animal, kind of the lead singer to uh, comic. Uh, virtuoso type of type of claim um but i really i really like what he's laying down here this foundation this it's 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 a it was a fascinating read um a really cool psychological thriller um of an issue that didn't happen to have the title character in it (laughs) well that didn't happen to have the title character in it just didn't uh, a graceful way of saying saying that yeah yeah, it, it, but it, but it, you know, if you, if you, if you don't look at the title, <laughs> it's a really cool story, right? Um, and it just doesn't, doesn't have a lot of Moon Knight in there, uh, just in reference and, and, uh, the, the characters talking about the character, which kind of leaves you wanting more. I am, uh, I am, as you know, an avowed Moon Knight, uh, devotee, a big fan special place in my heart for the character. So I, I like the character more than most. It's, it's, it's a B list or sometimes C list character, um, that has gotten a little bit of resurgence lately, um, with some of the, the top notch creators that have been put, put on this title. Um, I'm, I'm hoping this is the magic, uh, that, that brings more people into the tent. Uh, I'm not sure this title, this, this first issue is going to do that. Um, but I think the writing is super strong. I think the art is beautiful. Um, if you come, if, if you appreciate that while you're here, maybe you stay for a few issues to enjoy Moon Knight as he's introduced, hopefully soon, into his book. Yeah, that's right. Come for Moon Knight. Stay till he shows up. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying because, uh, I mean, actually, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I thought the writing here was exceptionally well done. The art was terrific. Um, it was a, a really solid first issue in most regards, other than the title character not appearing at all. Um, and not except being in, except dr- in dream sequences. So he wasn't there. His image was. He, he was imagined, but he wasn't present in this. We have no idea where Mark Spector is during the, the this issue at all. No. And that's, to me, unfortunate. Yeah. But now, if we're if we're on issue six and we are still without Mark Spector, I, I can understand. I can be. I would be frustrated at that point. If this had been another arc in the previous volume, where he's just gotten out of the asylum or some such, and you know, okay, he's going to have his own adventure, and then we go to this, where it's like it's just the next day at the office for her. Okay, that wouldn't have bothered me at all. Yep, I get it. But it's been a couple of months. It's like, is this the same doctor we saw before? What was her name again? There were a few things like that that bothered me a little. But it was an exceptionally well done uh, story. It was very kind of disturbing how they were setting this character up, what he's doing. And it's not just that she's trying to create an opposite number uh, for Moon Knight, but this guy may have some powers. Matter of fact, it's not a may. He most certainly does. And I like how that was kind of introduced. It's like, the guy was a pyromaniac, but he was not in a position to set a fire. How did that fire start again? Oh, so they played fair, they set stuff up, and it felt like a very full issue. So it does have a lot going for it. It's something where I think, depending how long this arc goes, the first trade may be something that if, if Marvel can really kind of get it out there and get people hooked on the trade where they can get the thing in one sitting, 
they may then convert them onto the monthly title, but it feels like a little bit of a hard sell to tell somebody, you should check out this Moon Knight title. He's not in it at all yet, uh, even though it is really good. And I do think it yep. is worth reading. And you get you get your, your standard legacy pages at the end, so just in case you forgot who this was supposed to be about. Uh, here, here's Moon Knight, and here, here's where he comes from. Um, so that at least is is reintroduced for the new reader. Um, but I don't. I'm not a real f- big fan of those legacy pages. They uh, different art team, and they're uh, pretty reductive with with the characters. Uh, I haven't really cared much for those at all. But it is there for the new reader to to give a a little helping hand onto what they should be uh, <laughs> should be enjoying. But but this, the character wasn't in this. So let's see. The legacy is celebrating this long history of these characters. And, oh, since you probably don't know who any of them are, we're going to tell you at the end of the story, here's a three-page recap of their origin. I, I The, the I marketing think that, yeah. behind legacy is a little confused for me. I, I, yeah. Why why do they put these, these pages at the end? Why are they not the first thing you see? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. I, I don't know what they're for otherwise. If they're not to help on-ramp the new reader what what are they there for why are we sticking them on the end it, it makes it makes no sense to me but they are in here um, um and and i really enjoyed this issue um i get it i get it that it it does have a weakness uh not having moon knight in it much if at all and Hey, be thankful uh, I'm claiming that's just a weakness, not a strength of the thing. If I'd been sitting here saying, yeah. it's really great because it doesn't have Moon Knight, then we'd have been, yeah. okay, that'd have been yeah. bad. And and there are critics, I'm sure, that, that could say that, that, that aren't a fan of the character. Um, I, I I think this this team is very strong together. I like the foundation they're laying down. Um, I, I, I This is, is a formidable foe. That I, I think we this this will be Moon Knight's Joker going forward. I I have that uh, feeling that this is going to he's going to have some staying power and be around for a while, um, and we won't have to rely on some of the the weaker villains that have been uh, introduced and trotted out. Uh, I really like I really like this. Um, not a perfect issue, but really great for me. Loving it, so I'm going to give it an A minus. I can totally understand where you're coming from on that. Um, I do think calling him Amon Ra or whatever, little, little kind of crazy. You got Moon Knight. You should have Sunday. That <laughs> simple. Now, um, this is something where it is a strong start to the story, not so much a strong start to a new volume, but I do agree that this creative team is, is working really well together. Uh, they've created a very interesting character and one that I agree is probably likely to stick around beyond just this arc. And could be one of the the hallmark villains of of Moon Knight's uh, Rogues Gallery, such as it is. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. This could be a really strong run for this title. Uh, they just need to kind of um, show us what their take's going to be on Moon Knight at some point. Yes. Uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to go with a B plus on this. Um, do recommend it. And looking forward to where they go with it. Definitely. Shall we move on to our other book? Yeah. Port of Earth number one from Image Comics. This was this is one that I was looking forward to. It seemed like an interesting concept. Um, and there were a couple of, of uh, quotes at the beginning. There's a lot of exposition at the beginning, but you kind of have to to set up the concept. Um, and it's okay. The talking about aliens coming to Earth, and it, it almost seemed like the voiceover you would have at the beginning of a movie to a degree. They came not in peace 
or in violence, but in business with a proposition. Okay, interesting twist. We're going to have, we're going to have not the Ferengi, but, you know, a business approach versus a we're coming to eat you or take you over, whatever. And it, it turns out that the, the twist here is their ships run on water. Our oceans offered fuel for their ships, a small amount, no consequence to us. I'm reading that and I'm like, really? <clears throat> no consequence to us. How small of an amount are we talking? Oh, it's a gallon or two. We got huge oceans. Okay, maybe I'll buy that. But if it's more than that, how many ships are coming? How much are they taking? Are we going to wind up with a desert planet at some point because they're they're stealing all our water just slowly? It was yeah, it was interesting that there were it wasn't just a single race whose technology had water based propulsion and technology, but it seemed like all of the alien races use that same technology. This which consortium I thought was of of thousands of planets. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. very cool concept. But the minute I heard the no consequence at all, I'm like, I think I've heard that before in a, a Aliens Come to Earth movie or TV show. Yeah. That seems familiar. Take all the water. <laughs> then I flip to the two-page splash where we see this base they've set up. And the, on the previous page, when they're setting it up with the dialogue, it's like, okay, it's it's 50 miles off the coast of California near San Francisco. I misread that. And for some reason, before I flip the page, I'm thinking, why would they build this thing 50 miles inland if they want water? And then I flipped, oh, I guess they put it out in the ocean. That makes a lot more sense. Okay, I just misread it. Fine, that's on me. But then there's this this phrase of um, uh, a page or two later that absolutely no interaction with human beings allowed ever. Yeah, yeah. That's got not some rules. suspicious. There's rules. Uh, yeah, there's rules in it's we're coming, but you can't talk to us. Stay away from us, you, you, you lowly humans. I thought it was the other way around. I thought, sure, you can come and take our water, and but you can't. But we don't want you interacting with our our people because uh, they can't handle it. That's how I read it. I guess I read it. I read it differently. I think it could go either way. I don't know whose rule it was, and it definitely puts a twist on it either way. Different twist, but yeah. There was also something about the spaceport that reminded me of Stargate Atlantis. It's a different design, but it's similar enough. And it's like, yeah, all right, fine. But there's, no, it's not like the design of the the base is of particular importance to the story. Yeah. But I really was... like the momentum too of okay, we build this base, they teach us and share their their water technology with us. So that's awesome. That helps the whole world. That's the, that's a great thing. And only one ship uses it in like the first month or something. And then I think seven in the next month or and it kind of progresses until boom, there's one a day, several a day, and it just it's 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 a packed a packed port at that point, and it's being used all the time by all kinds of different. It, it's a really cool ramp up uh, for this technology, and it, it's I, I thought that was a cool world they were building. Well, I, I liked again, like you said, the slow build up and stuff, but there was a part of it at this point where I'm thinking you've kind of blown through with this exposition a couple of potentially interesting story uh, arcs. Meeting the aliens. Hey, we want to put a, 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 we've got a business proposition. Can we put a, a spaceport here? Well, can we interact? Can we not? You know, all that, that, that could have been and could still be an arc later on. That's true. That's, that's some fun stuff. It's just, um, I wonder in today's environment if you, if you have the time to, to slow build like that. And that's a fair point. Um, but the other thing that we get in, I don't know, first couple of seven, eight pages or whatever was one of the, the big twists about the consortium. Um, 
And again, I was already suspicious of him, so I knew something was up. And I don't want to necessarily give away what it was, but it's like, hey, that was an interesting twist. And kind of builds into the notion of uh, they'd set up of, of the aliens to begin with. But that whole reveal could have been another arc. Now, to your point, do they have time for that kind of a slow build or not? Don't know. Um, I think to then get to where they've established there's this this police force and they've got to keep things safe. And then we essentially cut to almost a cop drama kind of a thing. And yeah. not a bad one. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. But I think they could have set up that cop drama aspect initially or earlier on. Had the, the murder mystery that we start to get going on as some of those other stories come to light. Yeah, because there's almost this, you know, commerce over human life element. Well, there actually is, there is not almost this. The, this consortium is allowing the occasional stray alien to, if they want to, if they want to just kind of break the rules, go online, interact with the humans, poke them, prod them, kill them, you know, hunt them, whatever they want to do. They can kind of get away with, and we're not allowed to fight back because it might ruin the trade agreement. We're, we're allowed to fight back, just not kill them. So yeah. two pages before we hit the staple, it's revealed that nearly one person is dead for every ship that's come to Earth. Yeah. And we have police force, but we've got to be non-lethal because, again, we, we don't want to, you know, cause an intergalactic war or whatever. Um, but so, our people die. Yeah. And, and we're not allowed to kill them back. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the rub and it's like there's there's definitely the dollar is speaking a little louder than uh, the human life that's being lost and the consortium is kind of in the police force says, we'll take care of it we'll investigate it don't don't you worry and and that's kind of the driving force and this is a fascinating world he's ramped up in a short amount of time and i I do agree that there's a lot of cool stories that were left on the cutting room floor that I hope we can get back to somehow down the road if this is a hit and takes off and is around long enough to because I think there's tons of of stories to be told in all that great fertile ground that you were that you mentioned um, just to get to this point. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Well, and it's also possible that when we start this interview uh, on TV, kind of a thing again. Uh, before the the middle of the book, that they're talking about how all of this seemed to have started when this network got unfettered access to what's going on at the port, and then we flip the page and we get the 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 cops, the the hover camera, all that kind of a stuff. Yeah, it's conceivable that's a flashback at this point. I didn't take true, it that way true. initially. True. Still don't, but it could be that way. It's it's there were one or two things about the storytelling that I felt could have been a little clearer. Definitely. And that they were very exposition heavy on the first, I don't know, seven, eight pages ish. Um, and had a really great idea that they almost breezed past too much of. And yeah, there's, there's an exchange between, uh, like a female administrator and one of the cops where she barely touches his shoulder or barely touches his arm and he kind of freaks out. Yeah. You know, don't, don't, why would you, why would you do this? They're going to see us. Because the cameras are there filming filming this, and she says, "Well, are are you don't you do you care that that they know about our relationship?" And then he just kind of does a one eighty, and they start making out mm-hmm. on camera. Uh, it, it was like a panel had 
shifted and it was almost like a bipolar switch had been flicked and I, and I don't really understand that element there of that storytelling. They, they did really, that really was clunky. That part was clunky. There was some clunky conversation between the two partners. Well, I, the, I thought that was really perplexing. Cause again, the guy who was like, Hey, I don't want him to see that. And then I make it out with the girl or whatever. He's the one it's like trying to, I don't say tow the company line, but yeah, put the viewers at ease. Well, the other guy is like, yeah, we can take care of business. These things are easy to hack. I can make this weapon lethal if I need to kind of, and and to what end? I mean, why why is he doing that? I don't, I don't understand why he's being so cavalier unless it's a good cop, bad cop situation that we're supposed to be reading into that. I don't know. I would have thought before they managed to leave the station that one of the higher ups would have seen the live coverage because I'm assuming it's live. Otherwise, you know, they'll edit that out kind of comments might have happened. Uh, and, and stop the guy from leaving. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You're going to scare people or, you know, cause an inter- intergalactic incident or some such. There were a few things like that that I didn't totally get where they were going or why, but it was a fun read and I'm really looking forward to more. Yeah. They, they set some cool stuff up, but they spent so much time with exposition at the beginning that it just kind of teases this stuff and doesn't get far enough into the story to, to fully satisfy me. But like well, I'm you really, said, it was good. I'm really rooting for your flashback theory. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense because we get expedition exposition that it was. We had um, an expedition expedition through the exposition. I think we had an expedition through the exposition, but there at one point, the, yeah, he does mention that it was when the cameras came that everything kind of went haywire, and then they and then we're, yeah, we are getting a flashback. I think I kind of glossed over that. Um, it but was yeah, not that, clear. That, that would allow maybe more of these stories to be told and go further back if we wanted to. Um, but I, I got a feeling for a while we're going to be going forward from this with these cops. Um, I, I really like uh, the writer here. Uh, I think it's Zach Kaplan. He did Eclipse as well, which uh, I think got through two arcs. And I'm not sure if he's put that on the shelf for, to do this or it's just on one of those um, – monumental trade breaks that sometimes last three to six months. Um, but it, it's, it's about, uh, you know, kind of an, a super powered sun that's made the, the world uninhabitable. So he's going in a, a, a hot world with no water to this world with, uh, or water is kind of a, a big deal. So, uh, and, and he's, it, it, that was a very inventive story as well. A really good title. Um, but, I think he's he's still early on in his um his, in his career. I think uh I think this is stronger. I think this is a stronger premise and um there's a lot of good stuff in here that's a little more of a grabber than kind of a subterranean story that's happening over an eclipse. So um I, I'm a I'm a bigger fan of this. Uh I, I liked a lot of the stuff that he a lot of the groundwork that he laid here and I'm excited to see what's next. Um, and I, and I do hope, I do hope we get some of this world, a little more of that will, world building, um, that kind of got glossed over in the exposition. Yeah. Uh, this is fun. This is interesting. Uh, I want to see where it goes. How much of it is sci-fi? How much of it's police procedural? How much of it is almost like a politics sort of a thing, whatever. Uh, which all can work. Yeah. It could all work and they could go in all those yep. directions. It leans more towards a uh, police procedural action adventure sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, from where they're leaving off. I guess my 